Hello and welcome to the Innovation Forum Monday Briefing, our regular preview to what's coming up in the week ahead. The first in Innovation Forum's Spring Event Series is coming up this week, when we will be talking about responsible sourcing and ethical trade in London. I'll be talking to conference organiser Emily Heslop about what she's hoping from the event. And in June, we have the Sustainable Apparel and Textiles USA Conference in New York City. And I'll be talking with Innovation Forum's Katie Bell about that a little later on. First though, I'm joined by Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson, who once again has been looking ahead to what's coming up this week. Welcome to the Monday Briefing, B. Hi, Ian. You've been looking into some of the things that are going to be in the news this week. What have you picked up on? first thing is that the UK government is expected to publish a refreshed net zero strategy this week before the end of the month. They had originally published one in late 2021 in the run-up to Glasgow COP26, but this was successfully challenged in court, if you remember, by Friends of the Earth and Client Earth because it didn't contain the level of funding or detail to be aligned with the UK's net zero by 2050 strategy or its interim carbon budgets. So this then led to a net zero review with about 125 recommendations to show how the government could lead on climate change in the UK and build a competitive net zero economy. And it's expected that this refreshed strategy will be coming out this week. And of course, the comprehensive five-year plans, they need to set out clear investment strategy and engagement plans that protect vulnerable society. And that's what the government has said is its intent. What's happening elsewhere? What's happening in the US and Europe, for example? The US have really laid down the gauntlet for ambition with Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. This has really pushed green subsidies and created certainty and stability for green investors and businesses in the US. It's created about $369 billion of green tax incentives and subsidies, which has obviously already been immensely successful in attracting international investors. And in the US, it's been announced that over 100,000 new jobs have been created across 31 states since last year. So this is obviously going very well. The EU bloc is attempting to compete with this with its upcoming Net Zero Industry Act as part of its Green New Deal, which attempts to follow the lead with tax incentives and subsidies. However, executives from leading industry companies like Solvay, Merck and Dow have warned that maybe the subsidies won't be sufficient enough to compete and that large sums of recovery and resilience funds have to be made more easily and swiftly accessible in the EU. It's quite interesting, isn't it? The anti-competitive nature of some of these pieces of legislation. The US has been accused of being anti-competitive and what it's put together. But on the other hand, if it is developing really exciting new green economy initiatives, then there's a flip side, a good and a bad side to, to everything, inevitably. How are all these new plans expected to compare? How is the UK's new plan supposed to or expected to compare with what's in the US and EU? The UK Finance Minister Jeremy Hunt has acknowledged the major competitive threat posed to the UK by the Inflation Reduction Act as well as the EU and obviously China's ongoing green policy efforts. And it's promised that the government is relentlessly focused on returning Britain's sluggish economy to strong growth. However, we did get a bit of a preview in the Finance Minister's budget earlier this month and campaigners have essentially said that it's not good enough and does little to meet the UK's net zero carbon goals, which should obviously be the priority in the net zero policy packages that we're seeing. Well, we'll look out for that later in the week. Interesting to see what comes out when the UK government do publish their strategy and compare it to what's going on in the US and EU and elsewhere. What else have you picked up on for this week? This week on the 30th of March, we'll be celebrating the first ever annual zero waste day created only late last year in 2022. During the annual International Day of Zero Waste, member states, organizations of the United Nations system, civil society, the private sector, academia, youth, and other stakeholders 
been invited to engage in activities in raising awareness of zero waste initiatives at all levels. So we'll likely be seeing some awareness raising initiatives this week. So what's the significance of this day then? Considering the scale of the waste problem, it is relatively underrepresented on agendas generally. Other environmental problems like climate change and biodiversity loss obviously have had numerous multilateral treaties and pacts organised under the UN for decades, not to mention COP every year. So it's great to be able to see that this is on the agenda now and that maybe comparable multilateral progress might start to be taking place on the elimination of waste. Well, it certainly is a major problem, isn't it? What will be happening then on International Zero Waste Day? The president of the UN General Assembly will convene a one-day high-level meeting on zero waste. And what's been said about this is that the meeting will provide a platform to exchange the experiences and success stories of member states in developing and implementing solid waste management solutions and technologies, including innovative projects and programs such as local and national zero waste initiatives to foster the environmentally sound management of waste. And presumably there'll be a lot more happening than that alongside of that. It's worth remembering, isn't it, that the massive scale of the problem every year we are dumping over 2 billion tonnes of waste in the planet, construction, industrial, plastics, electronics. What other issues are there? I mean, there's a the kind of scale is huge, isn't it? There's so many facets of the waste problem, from soil pollution, leaking chemicals into food, to air pollution from burning at landfills, releasing toxic substances, obviously to oceans, where 13 million tonnes of plastics being leaked into oceans each year, and then the groundwater issue as well, to name a few. The scale is massive, and you clearly can't look at these issues in silos. So we've seen the Oceans Plastic Treaty has come out, or we're seeing these net zero strategies that we're talking about, but you can't really do these things without looking at waste. That's a great point. Well, let's see what comes up in uh, International Day of Zero Waste. And until next week, B, thanks very much. Thanks, Ian. The Innovation Forum team is working hard on developing our 2023 spring conference season. Over the coming weeks, up to the end of June, we'll be discussing responsible sourcing and ethical trade, sustainable apparel and textiles, the future of food and business and climate action on Scope 3 emissions. A couple of days ago, I caught up with Innovation Forum's Katie Ball to hear about some of the participants and discussion points on the agenda at the Sustainable Apparel and Textiles Conference USA in New York City in June. Welcome back to the podcast, Katie. Hi, Ian. Thanks so much for having me back. We're going to be talking about the Sustainable Apparel and Textiles USA event, which is going to be held on the 21st and 22nd of June in New York City. With some really exciting sessions coming up at the event. So, Katie, on day one, we're looking at a session on aligning sustainability and asking if the industry is ready to agree on what sustainable fashion really means. What are you hoping to get from the session? This session is quite early in the conference agenda because it's going to set the overarching tone for a lot of themes throughout the rest of the conference. There's a lot of contradictory opinions and messages out there regarding what sustainable fashion actually is. And that's creating a lot of confusion for consumers and for brands on what the right next steps are. A lot of professionals disagree on whether we need alignment as an industry to move forward or if this is just a distraction from taking positive, actionable steps as individual organizations, especially with incoming legislation cracking down on sustainability claims, climate disclosure and greenwashing. It's more important than ever for actors in the industry to have clear direction on best practices. In the same vein, we want to avoid this legislation driving a compliance focus as we seek to outline the appropriate actions for the industry to take. So this conversation will cover how and if the industry can reach agreement on definitions, who the right parties are to determine those definitions, and how alignment can assist with inspiring long-term change. I know that other speakers will be announced, but currently we've got panelists from Everlane and from Morgan Stanley. 
What are you hoping that they will bring to the session? I think these are two very unique speakers and perspectives to be bringing in. So on one hand, we'll have the brand perspective to share their insights on this topic, but we'll also be bringing in Morgan Stanley to talk about the investor side, as that's another very important opinion to have in the conversation as we seek to align the entire industry, not just brands. Another session I'm looking forward to on the second day is when we're wrapping up the conference, we're looking at a session around how brands can engage with consumers to drive responsible purchasing decisions. So really thinking more in terms of consumer engagement, what are you hoping to get from this session? So this session is going to be really great for bringing the consumer perspective into this into this journey, along with the brand perspectives. We're going to explore the gap between a customer's intentions and their final decisions at checkout. There's a lot of data showing that consumers value sustainable product lines and a brand's commitment to ESG initiatives. And yet we don't see that corresponding shift to purchasing decisions. There's a debate on who's leading who when it comes to sustainable fashion. And if it's a brand, specifically marketing departments, who are responsible for shifting communication initiatives to educate consumers and provide ways for them to more easily make responsible purchasing decisions. That's what we're looking to unpack in this particular session, along with seeing some practical examples that can be taken and implemented across several, many other organizations on good initiatives to assist consumers in making those sustainable choices in a way that doesn't negatively affect a brand's bottom line. Okay, so we've got a NYU Stern School of Business and Etsy in the session at the moment. What are you hoping that these two will bring to the session? Well, of course, Etsy is involved in sustainable apparel, but they also cover a lot of different other types of sales. So they'll have a very unique perspective on different ways and different tactics that may be cross industry. So bringing in a wider scope of ideas. And then from NYU, we'll see an academic side of that um, and look deeper into circularity and how marketing can be scaled. Well, a really interesting session towards the end of the event. Katie, how can our listeners get involved? We do have a deadline coming up to save $400 on your conference passes. That will be Friday, March 31st. And then if you have any questions on the conference or sponsorship opportunities, feel free to get in touch with me directly. Good point. It's a good time to get your tickets. $400 discount on the passes for the two-day event. Um, that expires on the 31st of March. Katie, looking forward to the event. Thanks so much, Ian. This week sees the first Innovation Forum's spring event series with the Responsible Sourcing and Ethical Trade Conference in London. To get a final update on what to expect, I spoke with Conference Director Emily Heslop. Welcome to the Monday Briefing, Emily. Hi, Ian. Thanks for having me. We've got our Responsible Sourcing and Ethical Trade Forum coming up this week. What are you looking forward to hearing at the event? I'm looking forward to ultimately every single session across the two days as we've got some amazing speakers who are going to be providing really practical insights and guidance that delegates can take away from the conference and take back to their organisations on the following Monday. But to pick out a couple of sessions that I personally am really looking forward to. So the opening session on day two, we have Agnes, the Greenhouse Supervisor from Karen's Roses, Christina, Textile and Garment Director from Industrial, and Jenny, the Executive Director of Ethical Tea Partnership who are going to be discussing how to align and integrate the worker voice into decision-making. So it's going to be really great to have that on-the-ground perspective and insight across very different sectors and different supply chains. And then one other session that's personally caught my eye is with Peter McAllister from the Ethical Trading Initiative and Charlotte Braley from Sky, where they're going to be discussing 
what a just transition looks like in practice and how to really integrate human rights within your net zero or overall climate strategy. I'm looking forward to the multi. There's some really good panels coming up, lots of really interesting formats as well. I think the time will go in a flash with all the different things we're going to be packing into the two days. Are there any last minute updates to the agenda or to the panel participants? Inevitably, we always have a few slight changes to the agenda itself. One of the main differences people might notice is that we'll be running a slightly longer supplier-focused workshop on the first day. We're going to be combining two sessions. So we'll have Joanna from IKEA, who will be outlining their approach to supplier engagement and training. And then we'll follow on with Kate Larson from ES Change, looking at a scenario-based case in which we'll discover a bad apple-type supplier and discuss with the audience some solutions and different approaches that could be used in these situations and try to make it as obviously interactive and practical as possible. For those of us that are coming to the event, is there anything that we need to know? Any special arrangements that we should be aware of? All of the attendees joining us at the conference this week should have received an email from me last week with any logistical information, the timing, so the sessions will be starting promptly at 9am on both of the days of the conference. So it's really, really important to make sure you get there in plenty of time. We'll have some teas and coffees for you to make sure you're up and ready to go for nine. It's also important to mention that we've got a really busy and packed agenda, as you'll have seen. It's very important to make sure you're prompt and rejoining the sessions quickly from the breaks and making sure that you're really being succinct in your questions to the speakers themselves. In terms of specific time we've allotted in the agenda, we'll have a summary session at the end in which we'll be using Slido throughout the conference. So really make sure to utilize that to make sure you've got your opinions and thoughts and questions answered and heard throughout the two days of the conference. That's a great point. Yes, we were running the Slido app throughout the event. And the idea here, of course, is to try and capture things that we may have missed. If you're at the event and you think that we've missed things from particular sessions at the end of the session, or as a question that you wanted to make that you weren't able to get time to ask, then please, if you're at that conference, stick into Slido. Equally, if you come across um, or you hear something that's a particularly interesting revelatory idea or innovation, put that in Slido as well so that we can collect together at the end of the day or each day the interesting points that have come up in the sessions across the day. So we're looking forward to doing that. Emily, this is the bit where I normally ask you how our listeners can get involved, but I hear that we actually don't have any spaces left. Is that correct? Yeah, so last week we actually sold our final ticket to the conference, which is great news. We're going to have a packed room of 170 people. Naturally, there might be a few dropouts in terms of illness or different situations arising with delegates. So if people are interested in joining us, do send me an email at emily.heslock at innovationforum.co.uk. And we'll have a reserve list there available just in case we do have those spaces opening up because obviously we don't want people to miss out. Great. Well, it's fantastic. We're going to have such a busy room at the event in London. Looking forward to it very much. Emily, see you in a few days. Thanks, Ian. I hope to have some reflections on the conference in the Innovation Forum weekly podcast in a few days. And if you are attending the event in London, do come and say hello. Don't forget to register this week if you want to attend the Sustainable Apparel and Textiles Conference USA in New York City on 21st and 22nd of June to take advantage of the $400 discount on event passes. But that's all for now. Have a great week and goodbye.